A jam-packed edition of Locked On 49ers getting ready for Monday Night Football. We're going to break down what we saw Sunday, especially those games that impact the 49ers, the NFC playoff picture, and the NFC West, the two top teams in the NFC went down. Jay Gruden dropping information about a potential 49ers Kirk Cousins trade that never was way back in 2017. Injury report and the keys to victory for the 49ers to beat the Rams on Monday Night Football. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Monday edition. Brian Peacock and former AFL and NFL defensive back Eric Crocker. No rapid react on this Monday episode because we've got Monday Night Football, the Los Angeles Rams at San Francisco 49ers. First, I want to go over a little bit, Croc, with what happened Sunday and some of the things we learned about the NFC playoff picture, of which the 49ers are still very much involved. A couple of division matchups with a Seahawks and Cardinals loss at the top of the division, and Mac Jones stern. I mean, the 49ers fans right now, with no game on Monday and after a bunch of losses and, and the season not going great, there's just so much to pull your hair out about right now as they anticipate this Monday night football game. So the rest of the week will feel a lot better if the 49ers take care of business on Monday night. But after Sunday's action, Croc, looking at the playoff picture for the NFC, the Niners are sitting at the 11th seed at three and five but a win versus the Rams would put them a half a game out of that seven spot in the playoffs and only a full game out of um behind the New Orleans Saints and that would be the 49ers are at four and five tied with the Minnesota Vikings who they will play and tied with the Atlanta Falcons who are eight and nine right now who they will uh both be playing this year right so uh, this thing's gonna get settled on its own it's gonna get settled on its own and next week I believe you play the Jacksonville Jaguars and I think they have been playing better, but clearly if you are a team that aspires to be a, you know, playoff team, you, you win that game. 49ers haven't been able to win those games yet, but the 49ers aren't out of this thing. And I think that's why Kyle Shanahan, you know, he's been, you know, just trying to hold tight with his decisions and not make any, you know, rash decisions and, and something that could potentially cost the 49ers wins. He's looking at it like, man, like we're right there in striking distance. I think because of the, you know, losses in a row, it makes it hard to kind of look at it from that perspective, but they're, they're right there. They're in the mix. They're absolutely in the mix for this thing, and they've proven they can beat bad teams, so that's good news for the Jacksonville Jaguars game next week, but in week 10, Monday Night Football, this is prime time. Can you show the world that you're ready to beat a good football team? That's going to be a huge one for the 49ers, and look, if they end up winning this game and, and beat the Jaguars as they should, they're a 500 team, and they'll be in that playoff depending on what the Panthers and, and Saints do, they'll be at least, at worst, one half game out of the playoffs. And they, they've just got a, a great opportunity to, to handle their own business and go get a playoff spot. Can they do it? I'm not sure. Um, one of the teams that they'll be battling for a playoff spot with is the Carolina Panthers, who and the Vikings unfortunately won against the... Who did the Vikings even play? I forgot now. Chargers. Oh, yeah. The, the Chargers, too, are, are a big letdown. Char- they're my team in the AFC West, and they're like... Justin Herbert was anointed as, like, the next yeah. guy. And it, you know, a little bit of a sophomore slump, dare I say? A little bit. Uh, Staley and and Herbert together 
like they were the golden children of the NFL. It's like, oh my God, the next great quarterback and the next great young head coach. It's it's not that easy in the NFL. We're seeing a lot of we saw the Detroit Lions play to a tie, so they will not have the first ever 0 17 season against the the Pittsburgh Steelers. You never know what's gonna happen in the NFL week to week. Um but I want to focus on the Carolina Panthers because the Panthers played a team the Niners played last week and the Niners got waxed by the Cardinals for the most part. The Cardinals then go play the Carolina Panthers who somehow get Cam Newton ready in three days to play in a football game. He didn't play the whole football game, but he was in at times. And the Panthers just destroyed the Cardinals. It was 20 to nothing at halftime. The final score was 34 to 10 with PJ Walker at quarterback who didn't throw a touchdown pass only threw for 167 yards and he had an interception Cam Newton came in and threw for a touchdown and ran for, and a, ran touchdown. for a touchdown so he had two yeah. touchdowns in that game he was three of four passing and uh, carried the ball three times as well so he's in there for at least seven snaps and and he threw a pass downfield that ended up uh it resulted in the pass interference call yeah yeah so what do you make of this like are the 49ers that far away from a team like the Panthers and a team like the Cardinals? If the Panthers just go out and dominate the Cardinals, and get, again, it was Colt McCoy, and it was the same squad they the Niners faced. The Niners had no answers, and they got I, beat straight up. And then the Cardinals just yeah. get rocked by the Panthers. This does not look good for the 49ers' resume. I keep seeing these type of games where, you know, it's a game that the 49ers play, and you're like, man, like either they struggled with this team or, you know, they couldn't beat them handily. And then that team goes and plays somebody else the following week and just gets destroyed. And that's been the case on numerous occasions for the 49ers. And that was kind of my first inclination that the 49ers maybe are just not a good football team because the games that they're supposed to win, they don't win them how they're supposed to win them. Things are going to be tighter. I think my optimism is that Kyle Shanahan will figure out a way to, to, to get this thing headed on the right track. Right now, yeah, you see how the Cardinals just got handled and you look at the 49ers and just how they just got destroyed by the same team. It's really hard to pinpoint one thing and understand why. I think if you just kind of sum it all up, it's, well, the 49ers just aren't playing good football right now. I think that's pretty clear. And there's so many things that are evidence to that. Uh, 49ers fans, though, probably enjoyed watching the Packers beat the Seahawks 17 to nothing, completely blank the Seahawks. It was bad weather. It was cold. Uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't look great through that interception in the end zone. Neither Aaron Rodgers nor Russell Wilson threw a touchdown pass in this game. I think it was 3 nothing heading into the fourth quarter. And then the Packers scored a couple of touchdowns late. Uh, Russell Wilson did not look good coming off of that finger injury. It was taped up. I don't even know if he was using that finger really on the ball. The ball was coming out funky a few times through a couple of interceptions. So um, really just a, an ugly football game there. And the, the the Seattle Seahawks are just not a very good football team, aside from a healthy Russell Wilson. And that was not a healthy Russell Wilson. So uh, the Seahawks are, are getting pretty far back here in this NFC playoff picture. The Niners are in much easier striking distance than the Seahawks are. In fact, there's only two teams behind the Seahawks right now. One of them they're tied with, but they would have the tiebreaker over the Chicago Bears due to uh, – best winning percentage in common games. And the only other team worse than the Seahawks right now in the NFC playoff picture is the 0-8-1 Detroit Lions. That's it. That's where the Seahawks are right now. So the Niners are in better shape than that. Yeah. And 
Real quick, I want to talk about the, the Panthers team because they did figure out a way, and you kind of touched on it, to get Cam Newton on the field. And I kind of got some back and forth going on Twitter because I tweeted out, wow, like, like you alluded to earlier, in just a few days they were able to incorporate him into the offense. Now, I was just saying just figure out a way to get him on the field for a few snaps. Nothing too crazy. Like you said, he you know, played about seven or eight snaps or whatever. And I'm like, Cam, uh, Trey Lance has been there since – April or May. Why can't you get him incorporated? It don't even gotta be eight snaps, but there's not five snaps for him in the game to just bring a different dynamic. And a lot of the pushback I got was, well, you can't compare them because Cam Newton is a veteran and obviously won the NFL MVP. Trey Lance is a rookie. I'm just talking about their skill sets and how you could utilize them and get a guy on the field. And Cam Newton was not utilized like the MVP Cam Newton that we've seen in the past. He was utilized more like what we've seen from Trey Lance when he played, uh, you know, came in on the first drive of his what, his first ever game through a touchdown pass right there, uh, came in against the Packers. Uh, as time was expiring before halftime, ran in for it. Like, there's ways you could utilize him. Came in how they did against the Raiders, how they kind of showed that little offense that they might utilize, right? Like uh, incorporating Trey Lance with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm, that's all I'm saying, you know, get him on the field. And so far, Kyle Shanahan, every time the games are at halftime or he start, has to talk about it, he's like, oh, well, we don't have any plans to play him. You know? So that was my thing. Like, you can't figure out a way to utilize him. Get him a little bit of reps. Get him a little comfortable in the offense. Like, at no pressure. You don't have to play the entire game. I just found that, you know, odd that Kyle Shanahan, the genius, hasn't been able to do that. But Matt Rule was able to do that in just a few days. And on very, very, very simple stuff. It was very simple. It wasn't anything like too overly complicated or difficult. Right. And there's no way that Cam Newton knows a bigger part of a playbook he's never been involved with, a coach he's never played for ever, right? There's no way he knows a bigger portion of the playbook than even Trey Lance knows of the 49ers playbook. And even if there's a lot of similar stuff where he knows concepts and understands concepts, maybe, and the argument is, oh, he's a veteran, so it's easier for him to come in. You mean Trey Lance doesn't know 12 plays he can't come in and help you in a football game come in and and if that's your advantage is you have this x factor of a player that can do things that maybe your other quarterback can't and you can't utilize him uh, that's just insanity so that was um, my question right. I, and it wasn't to prop up you know uh trey lance or anything or to say he's cam newton or anything like that but you know you got this guy that you just drafted number three overall can you figure out a way to utilize him to some extent even if it's for a few plays a game and we've seen multiple games where he just stands on the sideline. And, I, you know, maybe it, maybe it helps. <laughs> maybe it helps with his de development. But I'd assume that if you get him in for about five or six plays a game, that can't hurt his development. Absolutely. We've and seen that with, Tra with, with Taysom Hill. And oh, I'm not saying it has to be like that type of – off, like that those type of plays. But just find a way to utilize if, – if you can utilize Taysom Hill with Drew Brees, you can figure out a way to get Trey Lance in there with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. And Matt Rule, I've, I've always liked Matt Rule since he's taken over the Carolina Panthers because he is uh, he seems like a forward thinking guy. And I think the best way to put this from my standpoint, when it comes to Trey Lance, when it comes to anything that the 49ers have done or will be doing, we're going to talk a little bit about team building next. And that uh, Jay Gruden stuff that came out Sunday about a potential trade uh, that the 49ers could have possibly swung with the Washington football game back or football team back in uh, 2017 when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch took over the 49ers. But 
basically, here's my point in all this, was it, as it pertains to Trey Lance or, or whatever the 49ers are doing. If you want to find a way to do something, you will. And if, right. it seems like Kyle Shanahan is trying to find, a, trying not to find in ways to make his team better right now. Uh, he, he's not trying. I think to he's do looking that. for the perfect everything. Like the perfect everything has to be like just the perfect, the most ideal situation to do this and that. That's and, and he's and he's almost like he's overcomplicating the game of football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It seems like he's making it too difficult for himself in the end. And so that's, uh, I think why a lot of people are pointing fingers at Shanahan this week. Let's talk a little bit about this trade, potentially Kirk cousins. I have my doubts if this is actually real or if this is just, um, Jay Gruden throwing stones at the Washington organization and what it would have meant, what dominoes would have fallen if things went differently for the 49ers. Uh, and then another, if we're talking rewriting history, another player that is looking pretty darn good for the new England Patriots is quarterback Mac Jones. So those are a couple things that dominated conversation for 49ers fans Sunday while they watched other teams play football. We'll cover those a little bit. Injury report for Week 10 and the keys to victory coming up. All right, football fans, tell me if this sounds familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's log in for some other good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And that would be the best part except there's also no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. One last game from Sunday, Croc, that was super interesting looking at the scoreboard 45 to 7. New England Patriots over the Cleveland Browns. The 6 and 4 Patriots now. The Pats on a little bit of a heater. And they're starting a rookie quarterback and one that was talked a lot about by 49ers fans for a solid month and beyond. And those conversations are not ever going to end as all of these rookie first round quarterbacks are compared. Croc, did the 49ers make a mistake seeing Mac Jones go out there and put 45 points up on the Cleveland Browns and, and playing pretty good football in the middle of his rookie season? Hey, I mean, why why stop at the 49ers? You know, <laughs> what about the Jets or what, what about the Jacksonville Jaguars? So I saw a tweet and it said, imagine drafting Trey Lance over Mac Jones. And my thing was, why why stop there? So I said, imagine drafting Trevor Lawrence over Mac Jones, right? And obviously I'm being funny, but to me, it's it was really a ridiculous statement. If if we're gonna talk about and everybody just everybody talks about uh the 49ers, Trey Lance, but it's like Mac Jones is playing better football than any other rookie quarterback. Now, if we're going to exclude circumstances for Trey Lance, which is he's not starting right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is, then let's then why stop there? Then we need to say, well, he would be better than Trevor Lawrence, which we know is a little, I don't want to say it's unlikely, but it would be a much difficult task to do what he's doing with New England for the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? 
And especially and especially the New York Jets, too. Wouldn't that be the most Jets thing ever is to not only take a quarterback number two overall that's not as good as the quarterback New England takes, but they also traded up in front of New England at 14 and drafted a card, Elijah Vera Tucker. If the Jets drafted twice and New yeah. England sat at 15 and maybe was going to take Tucker, but since they took Tucker, they ended up with the quarterback and they end up with the best quarterback because of it at 15 <laughs> for the Patriots. Wouldn't that be the most Jets thing ever? So, And we've talked about this before, how the Jets got a pass as if everybody in the world knew it had to be Zach Wilson is the number two quarterback, yeah. too. I think the Jets should take as much heat as the 49ers about this whole quarterback thing. But for some reason, it was just because nobody knew who the corner the Niners were going to take. So there was just more conversation leading up to the draft. So that's why there's so much more focus on Mac Jones and Trey Lance and Justin Fields and the 49ers. And I also feel like, you know, Mac Jones went to a great situation for him. I think most people heading into the draft thought that the 49ers were the best situation for a quarterback. And whatever quarterback went there, like they would excel, whether it was Mac Jones, Trey Lance, whoever it was. Well, it turns out the Patriots have been fantastic for Mac Jones. They set up things right. I just saw a stat. He's thrown uh, at this point in the season more passes to the running back than Tom Brady in his rookie season. So they are simplifying things for him. And when he has to make a throw, he's made a throw. He's been good on third downs. He's making throws. He's doing this, doing that. He, uh, he's making throws under pressure, right? It's not this sexy, splashy things, but it's it's really good quarterback play. And I feel like the Patriots have done a really good job of bringing him along, not, not giving him too much, you know, that he couldn't bite or whatever, right? Um, and they, they started off a little rocky. And each week, he continues to improve. Now, again, he's able to win a game. You, When you hear 45 points, you like, oh, man, Mac Jones must yeah. have lit up. He threw for less than 200 yards. Yeah, exactly. You know, that like, was the that was the next part, part I wanted to get to. And look, he was efficient as all heck. Um, third down efficiency, they were 7 of 9, the Patriots were, on third downs. Um, those weren't all Mac Jones passes, but most of them were. Uh, Mac Jones only had four incompletions on the day. 19 of 23, but he still only threw the ball 23 times. Not a big average per throw, 198 yards, and he had the three touchdowns and no interceptions. So super efficient, but he wasn't just bombing the ball all over the yard. The Patriots football team beat the Browns football team. It wasn't like Mac Jones just carved him up, although he was looking good and and decisive and and making good reads and looked rock solid and looked very good and had the three touchdown passes. So that's all nice, but this wasn't like 450 yards passing where he's just dropping bombs all over the place. He looked a lot like what we expected him to look like, which was a good quarterback, right? Now, yep. is he a good quarterback sooner than maybe some people would expect it? Are there less little bumps in the road than we would expect it? Maybe. He had a game early in the season, three interceptions. He's had some games that weren't ideal. He's also had some really good games. And I think the more he plays, he's going to continue to string together good games and continue to be efficient. And I think that uh, the McDaniels and Belichick and those guys have developed an offense that suits his skill set, and they run it to a T. He has good tight ends. You see Hunter Henry doing things to run open. He's done a good job. He's utilized that. That's probably right now, and with their offensive line, how they're protecting them, it's probably been the best situation for a rookie quarterback. So just to kind of single out the 49ers and Trey Lance, a quarterback who hasn't even really played this year, and not add in a Trevor Lawrence, not add in a Zach Wilson, I think that's a little irresponsible of people like that want to kind of push a certain narrative. Like, I think with all these guys, and I look at it, like, they're all rookies. Like, or, like I'm not going to write off Trevor Lawrence because he, this season hasn't started off great. Like, okay, like, they got to rebuild around him. I'm not going to write off Zach Wilson because against the New England Patriots, he had, in the third quarter, four interceptions and four completions. Like, I'm not – he's a rookie. 
you know, uh, Mac Jones, he's hit the ground running. He's doing well. He's in a terrific situation for him. Would the 49ers be good with him? I think so. And I said that when he was available. 49ers would be good with Mac Jones. I would have taken Trey Lance. And I don't think the 49ers have made a bad decision for taking Trey Lance, especially the guy that we haven't seen play. Let's 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 wait a minute, wait a year or so and see Trey Lance and then have this conversation. Well, that's what sucks is because all we get is new information every week, and then we get to over we get to overanalyze that information. And really, we're not going to know until 2024, right? And so it's just gonna it's gonna take a while, and so we're gonna have to be patient. And as you know, fans are not patient, and we still have no idea who any of these quarterbacks are going to be. Um, but that conversation is absolutely not going to end. What do you think about this Gruden stuff? Jay Gruden on a podcast talking about uh, his days in Washington and saying that they could have gotten two firsts, maybe two seconds on top of it from the 49ers in 2017 to reunite. Kirk Cousins with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Um, I call BS on this story, first of all, because there's a multitude of reasons for Jay Gruden. One, his brother, and two, himself, he got fired from the Washington football team to throw stones and make Washington look bad. And he said that it was owner Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen, the GM or team president or whatever his title was, that nixed the trade because they didn't want to do anything with the Shanahan's. They didn't want to help out the Shanahan's. And my initial reaction to that is, okay, that sounds like BS, first of all, because it'd be asinine for the 49ers to give up two firsts and two seconds for Kirk Cousins, who's about to be a free agent. And on top of that, the best way to stick it to Kyle Shanahan would be to allow him to give up that much for right for Kirk Cousins. So I call BS on this whole story all around from Jay Gruden. I, I call BS because if they weren't going to do a deal with the 49ers then, why do a deal with them for Trent, Trent Williams? Yep. Mm-hmm. That one helped the 49ers a lot more than if they would have given up all of that for, for uh, Kirk Cousins. Well, on paper, because that's a bad trade, but it did get me thinking, okay, well, what'd the 49ers do? Let's say their first and second round picks in 2017 and 2018, if they made this trade in 2017, what would it have looked like? Because... Incidentally, I don't know if it actually turned out bad for the 49ers as terrible of a trade as it would have been, right? In hindsight, it doesn't even look that bad because those for Solomon Thomas. It was Solomon Thomas. And that first of all, you're not even going to trade the number two overall pick for Kirk Cousins, period. So that's why this whole trade is BS. Like maybe if they were future picks or something. But first of all, Solomon Thomas. Reuben Foster is the second round pick because they traded up to get Reuben Foster from the second up into the first round again. In twenty eighteen, their first two picks were Mike McGlinchey and Dante Pettis. Kirk Cousins is worth all of those guys combined. The only one that's even done anything for the 49ers is Mike McGlinchey, and a lot of fans can't stand him, although they're going to like him a lot more. We'll get to that key to victory in a, in a second here about the 49ers blocking Von Miller. But And here's the other thing. Is the 49ers would have still had an extra fourth and third from those trade-ups for Foster and Pettis in those deals. And then obviously they wouldn't have made a deal for Jimmy Garoppolo, so there's an extra second-round pick that wouldn't have happened. So it actually would have been a better deal than what ended up happening, even though it was an awful trade. So... Um, I don't know. I don't even know what to think about all this because it, it would have been bad either way. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think that that's something that would have happened. Um, in hindsight, again, like you said, after seeing how it played out, uh, 49ers wouldn't have lost <laughs> in that. But Kirk Cousins, what what has he done? Even then, he has played well. Like he doesn't suck. 
He's better than Jimmy, and that's kind of part of the 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 equation. The 49ers would be better with Cousins because he's a healthy, and two, he's probably a tick better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Even people who really like Jimmy, you could say, okay, they're in the same tier of quarterback. That's fine, but he's healthy at least and has been healthy. Is he two first round picks and a second round pick better? Definitely not. No, that's not something you would do. The 49ers trading just a second round pick, I felt like at the time was too much for Jimmy Garoppolo because he was going to be a free agent. It's like, what are you doing? Because you don't have enough time to evaluate this quarterback. And then Jimmy goes nuts for five weeks, and the Niners, I don't know if he even really went nuts, but compared to what the 49ers had going on that year, and they couldn't win a football game, and he wins five straight, and they're like, oh, wait a second, now I've got to pay him all this money. They ended up making him the highest-paid quarterback in the league. So even the Kirk Cousins plan still didn't turn out worse than the Jimmy G plan because they still had to pay Jimmy all that money like they would have with Kirk Cousins. They went head up with the, basically the same team in the playoffs, and 49ers destroyed yeah. Kirk Cousins. And when I say the same team, I mean, they, they were kind of carbon copies of each other. Both teams that won the lean on the run game. You had Raheem Mostert, well, not even at that time, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert running the back for the 49ers. You had, uh, uh, gosh. Dalvin Cook. Well, Dalvin Cook yeah. and th- that, uh, Madison for mm-hmm. them. They both won the lean on the run game, play action. Uh, Shanahan came from the Kubiak coaching street. It was a lot of similar things. And even then, I mean, probably even better outside weapons for the Vikings with Stephon Diggs, with Adam Thielen. And their defense was really good. They had ter- terrific linebackers. They Their secondary was solid. They had uh, uh, Daniil Hunter and Everson Grissom up front. Like, the 49ers just dominant, made life difficult for our Kirk Cousins. Like, they were the same guy, and they went head up. So I'm not saying that Kirk Cousins isn't better, but I'm just saying – how much more does he move the needle? And I don't think it's that much more. It's, it's, they're, they're the similar tier of guy where you're trying to get into the next tier. Matter of fact, they both were trying to lose the game. That was the game where... <laughs> yeah, well, that was when they that was the game they stopped letting Jimmy throw, and they just said, you know what? We're just going to put on the gas pedal with our speedster running back in Raheem Mostert, and that was where the, uh, the star was born for Raheem Mostert that week and then the next game against the Packers. Yeah, and that game was... You know, you had Kirk Cousins kind of playing with one one hand behind his back because Dalvin Cook, I think he had like 12 rushing yards on the entire game. So he had to kind of win throwing the ball, and that's not really his game. And I think, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo, the tables were tit- flipped, and it was Jimmy on the other side as a, and Kirk Cousins with the Niners, I think it would have looked the same. Niners still win, yeah. Uh, well, Jimmy tried to throw the ball away, throw the game away. He almost threw like three different picks. He did get picked off at least once, right, by uh, Eric Kendricks, who got an Kendrick, interception yeah. today's game, actually for the uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, Sunday's game for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, uh, we got to move on. We've got to look a little bit at the final injury report here for the 49ers and Rams and our keys to victory for Monday Night Football coming up. If you haven't tried Built Bars yet, I don't know what you're doing. You are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it's not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Most protein bars can be chalky, waxy, just plain hard to choke down. Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience and one that you will enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're actually eating a candy bar and not a healthy protein bar. Built Bars are low in carbs, low in calories, low in fat, low in sugar, and high in protein, so you stay satisfied, and they are healthy with benefits on top of just being purely delicious 
with so many flavors. They've got a mystery flavor, by the way, this month at Built.com. One of my favorite new flavors, Blueberry Muffin. So go to Built.com, get a mixed box. If you don't know which flavor to try, you will not be disappointed. And you can get 15% off at Built.com using promo code LOCKED15. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. More props, more odds, and more lines than ever before at betonline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football, both pro and college action this season. Look at the odds for this Monday night football game. It's an odd one. Started at four. Rams favored by four points. I thought it would climb higher. I thought that number would be more in the Rams' favor as bets came in. And it looks like more money's coming in on the 49ers because that number is down to three and a half points. Now, do you think you know who's going to win Monday Night Football? You can find those odds over under 50 points. Props at betonline.ag. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. Not only basketball and football, but baseball futures, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for this 2021 season and beyond at bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports bet online where the game starts injury report crock i'm just going to run through this really quick those players out for the 49ers monday night are jamichael hasty might see trey sermon in this one maurice hurst again drake kirkpatrick is out with an ankle uh, i don't know if he hurt that when he got run over by uh who was it was it eno benjamin that ran him over last week um, Mohamed Sanu is also out with the knee injury. Tavon Wilson, the safety, is out, but it looks like the 49ers might get back Jimmy Ward in this game. So he's questionable. He was limited at practice Saturday dealing with that quad injury. Uh, looking good for guys like Trent Williams and Alex Mack and Eric Armstead and George Kittle and Elijah Mitchell and Emmanuel Mosley uh, and Tom Compton, who were all limited or, or uh, had a day off at some point during the week. So those are the major... Oh, uh, Josh Norman is questionable in this game. He was limited all week in practice due to a rib injury. But um, so, you know, nothing out of the ordinary there for the 49ers. The The big takeaway with that is that looks like Jimmy Ward, uh, he was limited, though. I don't know who's going to start at free safety if it's not Ward and not Wilson. <laughs> right? I'm trying to think. You already have... Bring up- Hufanga. You have to bring up somebody from. Pre- oh, Dante Johnson, maybe he has experience playing safety. Does he? Yeah. Got to bring up somebody from the practice squad. It's very little, very little, but there was a there was a regime, and he's been through several regimes. Yep. There was one regime that had him playing some safety. So I just can't think what year that exactly that was. I'm trying to think. I feel like there's somebody we're completely missing right now. Is there like a Jarrett Maiden or uh, Maiden's on the practice squad still? I believe. See, so they could possibly bring him up if he is on. The uh, practice oh, Tony squad. Jefferson. That was the other name. Yeah. So Tony Jefferson's on the practice squad. Jared, did Jared Maiden go on IR or something? Maybe he just got released. Or maybe he never got re-signed to the practice squad. <laughs> I'm not seeing Jared Maiden currently listed on the practice squad. The only safety is Tony Jefferson, so okay. he might get activated. Oh, Will Parks. Will Parks. There's the one. They signed Will Parks. Oh, he recently was signed. A week ago, yeah. Yeah. Right before that Cardinals game. So there you go. Got some bodies. I saw somebody say that he was good, but I'm not going to lie. Every time I see somebody get signed, their buddies all say he's good. Right. Like, my buddies, if I got signed today, my buddies would be like, oh, yeah, like, Croc, like, yeah, he's good. <laughs> like, no, <I'm laughs> And they're trash. thinking of the 2011 <laughs> version of Croc. 
Right. And even that version wasn't good enough. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, safety. A little worried there about free safety this week. We'll see if Jimmy Ward is ready to go. But that's the big one there for the 49ers. And the fact that Jermichael uh, Hayes is out means Trey Sermon might get a shot to at least wear a uniform. I don't know if he'll get onto the field. I would probably bet against it. The big one, though, from... The Rams' side is Robert Woods. Wide receiver Robert Woods tore his ACL this week, so he's done so. And that is, I mean, the timing of that, right? To bring in Odell Beckham and then the next day at practice, one of your starting wide receiver tears his ACL, that's crazy timing. So um, OBJ is listed as active for this game. I don't know how many package plays he's going to be involved with. It's going to be a lot of Van Jefferson, though, who's got a very similar skill set that's going to be mostly mostly replacing Robert Woods. So uh, that's interesting how, obviously, Cooper Cup is their guy, and he's leading the league in receiving yards right now. So beyond Cooper Cup, how they're going to work Van Jefferson in there and Odell Beckham is going to be uh, interesting and a fun watch uh, on Monday I will say, with, with Van Jefferson and even Cup to some extent, first of all, 49ers have the kryptonite for Cooper Cup, and that is uh, Jimmy Ward. So Jimmy Ward played, like, just put him on Cooper Cup because he had him in a straight jacket last time. Not last time they played, but in recent years when they played and they were like, all right, we're just going to play a lot of man. 2019 especially they did it. They held him to, like, two catches for, like, 18 yards or something like that. And a lot of it was Ward in coverage. Like, that's the guy in the slot versus him. Put Ward on him. And that'll slow things down. But I think the 49ers match up well against Evan Jefferson, against Cooper Cup, in theory. Odell Beckham, we'll, we'll see. But I think on the outsides, the 49ers lineup match up well. It's what's going to happen in safeties and the linebackers in coverage. A lot of people have complained about the 49ers in coverage this year and their defensive back as a whole. But the outside guys, I don't think they're as bad as people think. But people have been able to attack certain aspects of the scheme that – you know, have resulted in big plays. If Josh Norman can't go, Drake Kirkpatrick's out. Do you think that means we're going to see Domino Lenore maybe out there? Or is that an Ambry Thomas game? Because it sounds like they're trying to make Lenore more nickel and he hasn't really been outside since the Packers game. Yeah. So I don't know what to expect there if those guys are out. Or is it just going to be one of those other veterans off the street? That other veteran that's not off the street, Dante oh, Johnson. Oh, Dante Johnson. For, I keep forgetting about Dante Johnson. I, I don't know why I don't remember that he's going to be a guy that's always going to be well, I got him pegged now as, yeah. as starting safety and starting well, corners so yeah he can, he can do both Why not? <laughs> throw 10 men out there just throw an extra pass rusher in there because he's got it locked down on the backside um keys to victory croc I've got a stat here and it's been a long time since we haven't used turnovers as a key to victory and it always is for every game but for the 49ers it seems to be more glaring Here's one from my co-host Matt Williamson on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Under Kyle Shanahan, since 2017, the 49ers have a negative 44 turnover margin. The worst in the NFL over that span. The next closest team over that span, the Bengals at 33. The 49ers have minus 11 turnovers compared to the next worst team in the NFL over that span. So if you want one stat that tells you why the Kyle Shanahan era 49ers are not a winning team, that's it right there. And guess which year they had a positive turnover differential? Do you have 19. any guesses? Was it? 2019. 2019. It was plus four. That's the only time a Shanahan. And even then, that's won. not like. Plus, plus four is not great. It was middle of the road, but right, it was, yeah. you know, uh, above the middle of the road, whereas they were last or second to last uh, in 2018, uh, last year, 2020. 
I think they were minus 20 in like one of those years. It was crazy. I, I was blown away when I was looking at the year-by-year turnover margin. Knew it was bad, but I didn't really realize how bad this was. And so that's obviously a key to victory. And I just wanted to throw that stat out there. And it, the, the Niners, too many interceptions, too many fumbles, but they're not getting takeaways either. So they, they've got to fix both sides of the ball on this. This isn't just, oh, carry the ball with your six points of pressure or whatever, running backs. That's not the problem. It, it's it's both sides of the ball. It's it's I don't know if it's philosophy or yeah. scheme. But they got to take the ball away. Yeah, I was talking to my my buddies about it in the group chat, and I was like, I don't know why the 49ers suck. Like, I don't know why they're not good. And I think that's the more frustrating part about it. I think for everybody involved. And I did kind of mention maybe it is, maybe it does just kind of come down to turnovers, turning the ball over too much on offense, not taking the ball away at all on defense. And you know, you're not giving yourself very many opportunities to consistently win games when you're playing that brand of football. I've got one big key to victory here that I want to get to next, Croc, but um, I know you have one key to victory that some folks out there might have seen a video from from the Lockdown Podcast Network. We always film a video of our key to victory every week before the game. What is that key to you, Croc? Oh, it was don't beat yourself. You know, so whether it's penalties Right, that we saw in the Colts game. Everybody think like they think about the Colts game. I think there was like three pass interferences on third down. Where if it's no bi, 49ers get the punt and it doesn't lead to points, which each one of those drives did. 49ers win that game. Right, they've had these games where even against the Cardinals, a big part of that was no consistency from the offense because when they a couple times early on when they did get things going, boom, fumble multiple times. Like that's you again getting in your way uh, against the Packers. 37 seconds left, no timeouts. They got to drive the length of the field to kick a field goal to try to possibly win the game. And you have Diamador Lenore, who's supposed to be in the two-man trail. He's playing upfield with a safety that's supposed to be bracketing. What are you doing, Diamador Lenore? And you ha- you create an easy pitch and catch for, you know, uh, Devontae Adams. So I feel like in a lot of these games, they've found different ways to beat themselves. And I think ultimately, like, I don't look at this roster and think this is a bad team. I don't even look at Kyle Shanahan and think he's a bad coach. In theory, I think a lot of the things that are happening around surrounding this team, and like you said, the turnover margin throughout his tenure, those things lead me to believe that he's a bad co- coach. But I, I don't think he is. So if he can figure out a way to coach his team to not beat themselves, they can win this game. But it's going to take that. Clean it up, Kyle clean it up we've got to ruin the debut of two big time names that have been added to the Rams roster that are both going to debut on Monday Night Football primetime against the 49ers Odell Beckham who I don't know how much he's going to play but I bet when he's in there he's gonna be lined up on the left side and we've mentioned already the things that could happen there and you don't want to see any flags don't want to see any PIs don't want to see get uh, Josh Norman get in a fight and get kicked out of the game because he's chirping with Odell Beckham, right? Which is probably what I expect to happen. And Odell's going to be charged up for his debut, right? Monday Night Football, this is, this is a good time for him to make his, make his presence known as a new member of the Los Angeles Rams and try to go get himself some money this offseason when he's a free agent wide receiver. And that's a lot easier to do now that Robert Woods is out, even though I still think we'll see more Van Jefferson than Odell Beckham. But the one that really worries me if I'm the 49ers is Von Miller making his debut. And he almost always lines up on the left side. And Tom Compton couldn't block anybody last week. And Tom Compton versus Von Miller scares the crap out of me. And if it's not Tom Compton, it's probably going to be rookie Jalen Moore. And a rookie fifth-round pick who's 
playing on the right side for the first time ever against Von Miller worries the heck out of me if I'm if I'm the quarterback standing back there, right? If you're Jimmy Garoppolo, it's like, oh my God. So that means you're going to keep George Kittle in all day to help block. So now you don't have that pass catcher out there running routes. Are you going to chip them all day with a running back? You got to do something because you can't leave them on an island on second long, third and medium, third and long against Von Miller, who's going to be come, coming to eat, even if he's only playing in those you know certain situations and not playing every down for you out there as a pass rusher. And most likely he's going to be on that left side and – there's no Trent Williams over there to block Von Miller. <laughs> I mean, shit, we're talking about Von Miller. We didn't even talk about Aaron Donald, who's like the best player in the oh, NFL. D- what do you, Dan Brunskill owns <laughs> Aaron Donald. We, we don't have to worry about that. That's a done deal. He is shut down. Now we, we just have to worry about Von Miller on the outside. That's why they went and got him, because they knew that Aaron Donald can't beat Dan Brunskill. Right. So Von Miller, you know, it's tough. You got Jalen Moore out there, and I'm assuming that he's going to be the guy that can play there. They've been working on transitioning him from left tackle to right tackle and getting him more reps there. You know, he's been taking the left tackle snaps. Every Wednesday, uh, Trent Williams doesn't practice. So Moore has been taking all those snaps. Now he has to transition to the other side. And, you know, he was a left tackle in college. So now, okay, I got to learn the right side, learn to get, you know, uh, all my technique, everything's flipped, all my footwork is flipped. It's one of those situations where you kind of just throw him in the deep end and, hey, you're either going to sink or you're going to swim against Von Miller. But... I would tell him this, hey, it doesn't, it doesn't get much better than what you're about to face. And uh, if you can hold your ground against this guy, then you could probably play tackle for a long time in the NFL. I heard an offensive lineman say, I don't remember who it was, but I think it was an ex-NFL player said, it's like learning to wipe with the other hand. And so you can mm. see how that could get messy, right? If you're, if you're changing sides on the offensive line. I don't know if it's similar to flipping sides for corners. Did you ever feel like super comfortable on one side versus the other at corner? I was more comfortable on the left side. It had something to do with having starting with my left foot up. Uh, even with my turbo jam, I used to call it the turbo jam, but it was essentially a quick jam. Uh, but I used to do this quick jam, and I felt way more comfortable doing it when I was on the left side of the defense as opposed to being on the right side. So, yeah, no, nah, there, there's something there's something to that. But that's a great point. Uh, if you're double teaming Von Miller, you're not double teaming Aaron Donald anymore, right? I mean, that's going to be trouble for NFL defenses, and that's the big get for Von Miller. And that's, I'm sure, the added benefit that the Rams were looking at. It's like, look, the teams are paying too much attention to Aaron Donald. We can free him up at the same time while we also get this dynamic player. While he's not the same, you know, he's not a defensive MVP Von Miller anymore, but he's still a really good player. He can still, you know, beat a lot of dudes off the edge. And, I mean, we keep saying, like, all these guys that we haven't talked about, like Jalen Ramsey. You know, he's there, and they've been using him more in a star role, and they've been sending him on blitzes and things so that he's getting in on the action with this. Now, maybe adding Von Miller makes it so that you don't have to, you know, create different type of pressures with Jalen Ramsey. You could use him more in coverage, but they have him out there too. And he's a guy that I feel like with our receivers, he's somebody that can get in their heads because he's chippy. He does all this extra stuff. Uh, I feel like he's somebody that can definitely frustrate like a Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to talk trash to them. He's going to bump them after plays. He's going to do all these little things, and you can't you can't let it get to you. And our, our receivers, I don't know. They don't strike me as the guys that are like going to push back on Jalen Ramsey. I haven't seen that. Even though Debo, we look at him as the bully and things like that, but he's, he seems like the bully like within the whistle, right? Like right. we're going to try to run through tackles and oh, things yeah. like that, but – don't see a After lot of play. extracurriculars with him. Yeah. And nah, not at all. I, I'm trying to think of who that would be on offense. George Kittle talks a lot, but it's kind of goofy and fun-loving. It's not menacing type stuff. Um, but that's like, yeah. So if you're using a lot of George Kittle to block Von Miller, 
And, I mean, in theory, if I'm the Rams, I probably try to put Ramsey on Debo as much as possible. And that's a fun matchup. I want to see how that goes because Debo can bully a lot of guys. And then where do you go with the football? It's up to Ayuk to be the guy. I think this is a George Kittle game. We can't leave him in the block. If George Kittle can open up things over the middle, great. Now, I have seen them, and we saw this in 2019, matter of fact. George Kittle lined up on the right side. You had uh, Jalen Ramsey lined up over him. They motioned George Kittle to the opposite side. Jalen Ramsey went with him. All right? At the snap of the ball, uh, Jalen Ramsey fell off to a zone, let let, uh, George Kittle go, and Jimmy never saw him. And he... And Jimmy threw the ball to what looked like an open Emmanuel Sanders. And Ramsey came out of nowhere and picked the ball off. So you can't let Ramsey start getting comfortable and making those type of mm-hmm. impact plays. We need the Ramsey that gave up that game on the deep ball, played like the wrong coverage or the safety was wrong or whatever. But he was on that side. We need that Ramsey a little bit. Yeah, more. that's the Ramsey we need. Ramsey, Odell. I love watching Ramsey. Josh He's Norman. my favorite player to watch. There can Ramsey's be a my favorite lot. player to watch. Ramsey, I mean, I know Ramsey's your guy. Yeah. He can't be your guy this week, though, Crock. Come on. I know. I hated that he went to the Rams. Like anybody but the Rams. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like same that. Same with Odell. Odell, he was my favorite player to watch. Not not so much anymore. He hasn't been the same over the last five years. But. It's going to be a lot of chirping. I think it will be fun in prime time. Monday Night Football. Can the 49ers go out there and beat a good football team? It's going to be step number one for them getting this thing turned around and getting into the playoffs of which they're very, very close. Closer than they probably should be to those six and seven seeds in the NFC. Croc and I will be back here after Monday Night Football recording the pod, so look for it. It'll be up late night or first thing for you on Tuesday morning, Rapid React. Thanks for making us your first listen, by the way, every single day right here. Locked on 49ers. Peace.